Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway. Uh, welcome along. Uh, it's very much Christmas party season. Uh, we've already had the Absolute Radio virtual Christmas party. Tomorrow night, it's our actual Christmas party post-show. The real deal. And there's a certain irony in the fact that these two grumpy lads here have just discovered that at our Christmas party, and bear in mind where we work, the building, the industry this is, we've just discovered there's no DJ, and we are delighted. Because... I don't, I don't want to get into trouble with anyone, right? I have hated every single Chris, work Christmas party we've had for about five or six years. Because what they do, they book it in the mind of like a 22-year-old, so they get like fire breathers and, and, and pole... De- you know, people walking... Like you get in a circus, and they have so people come and DJ from one of the other radio stations. So loud you can't hear yourself think. And you can't have a conversation with them. So always go home in an absolute foul mood. Just want to talk. Just want to sit and chat to people. You don't see anyone anyway because no one ever comes into work. So if that one day they're actually coming into the office, let, me, let us be able to talk to them. For crying out loud. <laughs> oh, where's your festive spirit? Yeah. But it's going to be good. We're looking forward to it. We are looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it so look, might not sound it, but we are we genuinely. Are. This, is, this is an art. You know, you must have, you listen to this now, you probably have a similar situation. There's certain things that are in your wheelhouse. Oh, that's my kind of party. Other things, think I'm getting too old for this. Yes. So um, I think this, this is us. But we just want to warn you, in case you feel like we're rushing a little bit, tail end of tomorrow night's show, we're just going to be honest, we try and get to the pub, so stop moaning about it. This is the Daily Takeaway. Uh, I felt terrible for our little five-year-old Thea on the school uh, run this morning, the walk to school, because uh, she kind of confided in me that um, pretty much everyone, according to Thea, in her class has got a Christmas elf in the house. Mm. So I presume she's talking about elf on the shelf. Mm. Uh, but we've never had one in the house before. Ne- we've never done this as a family. Uh, but apparently everyone else, all of her mates have got Christmas elves that they're kind of having fun with and interacting mm. on a daily basis. Uh, and we're the only family in the entire class, nay, the entire year, that doesn't do Elf on the Shelf. And I've never done it before. I'm a little bit apprehensive about, you know, allowing elves into the house. Because once, once you allow them in, there's no going back, I guess. There is no going back. Um... We had an elf move in, shall we say, around about four or five days ago. It's, oh, wow. I'd, I'd say it's new to me. I've never never had an elf reside in the house, and now there's there's two elves. So you've got a couple of... This is, this is the other question up. I was going to ask. So do, is it an elf on their own, or they always come in pairs? I, I think really it is down to what Santa decides to send, really, isn't it? Because they are his helpers. They are watching on his behalf. They have been sent by him, and if, if he deems the house needs two to keep an eye, then so be it. Some children are well enough... Well enough behaved just to have the one. So let me get this right, because I'm like I said, I'm a bit of a newbie, a new kid on the block with this whole uh, Christmas elf, elf on the shelf thing. Am I right in thinking that the elves keep an eye on the kids, Correct. wonder what you know, watch what's going on, yeah. and what they they kind of report back to Santa in the evening, a kind of running kind of commentary on whether they've been good or or not in terms of at the end of the day accounting for what kind of present they're going to get. Yeah, we all go to sleep, the household goes to sleep, and then the elves are reporting back, and quite often they're the ones getting up to a little bit of mischief and all that kind of thing, reporting back to Santa, keeping an eye on the kids, and in the morning. They've moved. So, that's the other thing. Are they naughty in the night then? Is that what happens? They, they get up to no good whilst everyone's asleep. Here's the Cheeky irony. Little Here's the irony. They report back on the good behaviour of the little children, but sometimes those elves, they can get up to all sorts. Five or six hours ago this morning, I, I put out a tweet just asking the question, elf on the shelf, yes or no? And I'm sad to say, even though you're saying, you know, it's a good idea and everything, 90, 91.3% of my followers on X, aka Twitter, said definitely not. I voted. Did you? Did you I'm say yes of, or no? I, I'm one of the 9% that voted yes. Good on, good on the spot, Master. Yeah. <laughs>
So, you, so you've got elves and have had them for yeah. a while. Uh, do they have names and what do they wear? That's my main two questions. LV and Elvina. Love what you've done there. <laughs> Thank uh, you. And where, last time of looking when you left to come out to work today, where were they? Do you see them in the daytime? Uh, they were sat uh, on the windowsill uh, on the, uh, the stairs. Okay. And then what you just... when In the evening when Rocco's gone to bed, you just walk past them to say, all right, yeah, Hello there, you're right. See them there and, you know, go to bed. Uh, do you feed them? Do they eat, do they eat anything? No, they, they, don't, they don't appear to eat. Okay. No. Maybe just they help themselves to stuff in the evening. I think they do. <laughs> I've got a picture here that Donna has uh, tweeted in. I don't think they just... Uh, they don't just eat, they drink. It's one, right. here, one here that appears to be a little bit worse for wear. There's some interesting stuff coming into the show. This text says, lads, if you like having a shower, getting into bed, and then remembering you need to check if the elves have moved... Go for it. See what they're getting out there. Uh, Catherine, Zaki, Hannah and uh, Willoughby on the Wolds. Uh, we have a South African reindeer called Gwanda who shouts at my boys when they're naughty. They find it hilarious and it kind of makes them behave. The elves weren't uh, enough to do the job. She doesn't do much else, so she's quite lazy overall. Well, some assistance there. Uh, that's interesting. Text here says, My daughter had two elves at our last house. They were extremely naughty. They ripped the wallpaper off one wall. The house we live in now doesn't have wallpaper, and happily, the same elves are behaving thus far. Can I, can I just say, some of the photos we've been getting in, I, I thought the elves might do knockabout fun stuff. A little bit, little bit cheeky. Foot, footsteps in the margarine. Yeah. Some of these things are unbelievable. This elf here has written out the words poo in chocolate coins on their table in the kitchen when everyone's gone to bed. I think the elves are clever and, and they know the, the age of the households <laughs> that they're, they're visiting and they behave accordingly. Well, that one's frying eggs down there. What's <laughs> going on? The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. We are counting down the Hometime Show's remaining until Christmas by meeting Dave's as we go. The 12 remaining shows, we meet a Dave every day. It's our 12 Daves of Christmas. Day four, time to meet another one. Who's this? Um, I'm Dave from Liphook. Dave from Liphook. Ah, Lip Dave. Lovely part of the world. Well, I was going to say, I bet Richie knows where it is. I've never heard it before in my life. Where's Liphook? Uh, A3, south of uh, Guildford, down towards Portsmouth. Is that right, Dave? That's the one just the other side of the Hindhead Tunnel. That's right. Oh, tunnel chat. So if I come down to Lip Hook for a night out, what are we doing? Um, well, there's not a lot to be happening in Lip Hook. I was about to Anchor. say, we're leaving Lip Hook. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, Going it's, back for the tunnel. It's a village. You, you, you'd probably go to Guildford if you wanted to have a good night out. OK, cool. And what do you do, Dave? What kind of Dave are you? I'm a commercial trading manager um, for Sky, for broadband. Oh, yes, indeed. Ring a ding ding. Yes. Uh, does uh, does that uh, afford you the chance to sing very often, Dave? Are you a Dave with pipes? Um, yeah, I do like a bit of karaoke. My, my song of choice is normally Mustang Sally, but um, oh, I'll give anything a go. It's a raspy Dave. I can imagine Dave uh, uh, doled up to the nines on a military base singing that. <laughs> a deleted scene from the new Top Gun movie. You do know Lip Hook. Oh, I certainly do. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, so you're going to sing it loud and proud and we can hear your voice in a second, Dave. You up for this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can do it in the Dave style, or I can um, give you a bit of Harry Seacombe baritone style. Would you? Prefer? Oh, could we have Harry Seacombe baritone yes, style? That'd yes, be please. fantastic. That'd be good. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. All right. Right. Let's get ready to do this, Dave. Get ready to be our fourth, fourth Dave. Dave of Christmas. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Dave from Liverpool. Dave from Wigan. Dave from Bolton. And Dave from Harvard. <laughs> yes, well done. 
I love it, a little baritone flush there. That's oh, fantastic. Oh, dear. And a good Harry Seacombe reference for the kids as well. All the kids. I remember that's proper uh, <laughs> songs love, of praise. I love Harry Seacombe. Uh, if you want to be one of our Daves of Christmas, you've heard the calibre we've got going on this year. Or if you know, we're particularly looking out for a Davina. We want a Davina. We want to meet more Daves, obviously, but we want to meet a Davina as well. So if you know a Davina, or you are a Davina, or you are a Dave, all of these apply. Text us now, 812.15. You could be our next Dave of Christmas. This is the Daily Takeaway. You guys have been sending in your elf intel as I try and get to making a decision whether we, you know, have elves or not in the house. Uh, and uh, we've got a very interesting guest on the show, producer Mark from the Dave Berry Breakfast Show here on Absolute Radio, who's on the line right now. Mark, how are you doing? Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, Bush. Good afternoon, Richie. Hello there, Sparky boy. Uh, it's good to have you on, man. Uh, the reason we've got you on is that uh, when we were uh, saying earlier on that we were going to talk about um, Christmas elves on the show today, you sent off a, a very curious uh, message to our producer, Adem, with a kind of rule about Christmas elves that is is the law in your household. Please describe what that is. That's right. Rule number one, no touching the elf or they lose their magic. Wow. wow. So you're not allowed to... T- in your house, this is, you can't touch the elf, otherwise, otherwise the magic powers go. That's correct. So Elf on the Shelf in our house is called Red. He was named by my daughter Lulu when she was one years old because he is a red elf, and uh, red was one of the only words she could say. But one of the most important rules for Red is no matter what he's up to, no matter where he is in the house or whatever mischief he's up to, whatever he's doing, you cannot touch him because he'll lose his magic powers. So he stays in the one spot all day and he keeps a watchful eye on me and Lulu to make sure we're behaving ourselves. It's interesting that he's keeping a watchful eye on you as well because I, I, I know that <laughs> Santa is sending the, 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 the elf army uh, out to all the, uh, the kids' houses but uh, to think he's got to keep an eye on the adults as well, that's quite a thought. Is it, does he have to keep an eye on you as well, Mark? Is he watching out for you? Absolutely, he keeps me in check. I bet he does, I bet he does. And, uh, and Red, so how old is your daughter now, Mark? Uh, six and a half. She'll be seven in January. Wow, so it's nearly... Red has been with you for six years. Mm, he has, yeah. He's been, he visits every December. He comes on the 1st of December and then he goes home back to the North Pole on the evening of the 24th and he goes and gives Santa a big debrief and he tells him how I've been, he tells him how Lulu's been and he helps Santa decide if we're on the good or the naughty list. It's interesting because Mark hasn't had a present since 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all this that you hear now, does it does it make you think that you are going to open the Leon C doors to the elves? I think I might give it a go. What's concerned me, obviously, it's not concern, but obviously uh, Mark has had Lu- Red li- living with him and Lulu now for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's also keeping an eye on... It's, it's, in, it's telling on Mark. Do you yes. know what I mean? He, I, if I was you, I would be worried. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would be worried. See, yeah, I am a little concerned, but I, she can't be the only one in her, in her class not having uh, Elf on the Shelf, so we're going to have to do it, aren't we? You are going to have to do it. Mark, thank you very much for your brilliant intel. You're more than welcome. Thank you. And pass on our best to Red. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, Anna and James, QI Elves, welcome to Home Time. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Thank uh, you. James is wearing a festive jumper. Uh, Anna, you appear not. Well, you are. Is Anna festive in her jumper? It's kind of. Uh... Uh, unless there's a big reindeer on the back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think. No. I don't think a green jumper quite cuts it, does it? Sorry. Uh, how are things? Uh, are you guys are you guys festive? Obviously, you are the QILs, but um, do, are you kind of festive people? Are you into Christmas and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, love a bit of Christmas. 
Who doesn't? Yeah, we do. This is our um, busiest time of the year, obviously being elves. As you do, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But actually, we this is when we do a lot of our QI research because we tend to record in the spring. So this is super busy time for us. How do you research? Now, this is... I, I ask this question pertinently because I'm a lazy man. Um, I, I, kind of things just happen. But, like, with the kind of... With the kind of facts that you specialise on, whether it is in your new book, Everything to Play for the QI Book of Sports, uh, or whether it is for the show, where, where do you unearth a fact? How do you kind of start thinking, right, OK, there could be an amazing gem in this particular subject? I think you just follow your nose, really. Um, and, I mean, sometimes it's from really unlikely places. Often it's a conversation with someone who tells you something that they don't realise is just an incredible thing if you don't know it because they're so used to it. Like, I was talking to my neighbour the other day who's a retired doctor and he told me, you know, in the textbooks we used to have, there was a picture of a woman uh, who was growing a breast on her leg. And I thought, what? <laughs> what <the laughs> Look that up. There is indeed a medical wow. textbook with the condition of growing breasts on your legs so yeah chatting to people we have lots of subscriptions to things like old newspaper archives i love sort of typing a random word like balloon into the newspaper archive and seeing what comes up in 1812 or whatever do you you guys retain these facts when you find facts you retain them in your head or um do they just kind of go in and one one in in one uh, elf ear and out the other (laughs) (laughs) um it varies i tend to mostly remember most of the things that we do i've got quite a good memory but you tend to kind of remember the vague ideas yep. and you don't remember the exact amount. So, like, for instance, there was a fact about the Cocos Islands, which I think is in the Pacific or the Indian Ocean or somewhere, for instance. That's it. And there was a thing about if they were happy to take toothbrushes off the beach that are just washed up, no one in the Cocos Islands would have to buy a new toothpaste for... And then I can't remember how many years it is. <laughs> it's like either 20 years or 200 years or 2,000 years, but I don't know which one. So close. So well, close I, to greatness. i tell you something. I've retained the fact about growing a breast on a leg. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, not, that's not left me just yet. Um, the, the, the sports book... I would imagine this is going to hit a lot of people's sweet spot because if you're if you if you're down the pub and you're into sports, sharing facts and nuggets about sport is is really going to work for a lot of people. Well, we hope so. Yeah, if you're into weird, surprising facts and not sport, I think there's everything in this book should appeal to you. And if you're into sports, it should. And as you say, you'll be able to share something in the pub, which hopefully no one else there knows. If the cricket chat is getting a little bit dry, a yeah. little bit too detail a little bit a little bit tense you know if you're with an Aussie maybe um, you can just <laughs> drop in the fact that Garfield Sobers you know yes, Gary so Gary yeah, Sobers yeah. Uh, so Gary Sobers his last test century he scored while completely drunk oh wow good on <laughs> maybe I should get into cricket after all <laughs> so so I mean what can happen is then people people can read this book uh, remember you know do a fact tell a friend and then they can have the situation that James has got where you then try and tell it to someone else but can't quite get the specifics right at the end of the day <laughs> I mean you know we're both big football fans on this hometown show Richie's an Arsenal fan I'm an Everton fan have you got any good football facts for us that you would like to put out there to entertain the hometown listeners okay well we got quite a controversial one in the book so we go the a lot of QI books are just fact 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 but this book is there's a lot more stories and human interest and drama and stuff like that right and we looked at some of the earliest football games between England and Scotland. Right. And we reckon that 
the first time Scotland ever beat England in an international game. It was 2-1, and it was the first time anyone had ever seen people pass the ball. So oh, before wow. that, you used to get your biggest guy would run with the ball, and everyone would barge people out of the way so no one could get the ball off him. Oh, wow. Now, the Scottish were a bit smaller, and they thought, well, we're not going to be able to compete, so we're going to try and move, and we're going to try and pass. And in the book, we argued that the modern, beautiful game, so-called a football, was invented by the Scots. Wow. So wow. That's unbelievable. If football is coming home next summer, we reckon it maybe it'll have to go to Scotland. It's a wow. controversial call in the book. <laughs> it's a controversial call. That's amazing. Um, is, 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 is it true that the, the first actual football can be traced back to Scotland as well, I, I, mm. I believe? Are you talking about there's one that could have been played with by Mary, That's Queen it. of Scots? That's the one. Um, yeah. She was brilliant left back. <laughs> she was, yeah, famously so. Henry VIII up front. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was found in a castle that she lived in, and in Scotland, yeah, and it was dated back to the time that she would have lived there, and it was actually found in the rafters of what was her bedroom where she slept. And it's like footballs, you know, that we're familiar with throughout the ages, you know. It's well, made I think of, any, any uh, secondary school from the 80s got a load of footballs flat footballs on the roof yes, of the gymnasium exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. same thing it's like that so she wasn't very good she kicked it onto the roof but <laughs> always skying it yeah <laughs> but the interesting thing we found out about it is that they did a study at a university in the midlands somewhere and they got a robot to kick this ball to see what would happen and the robot kicked the ball and i think it was on the third or fourth kick the ball just exploded oh, and wow. so they think maybe it wouldn't have been used as a soccer ball as a football but maybe was thrown around a bit like a beach ball maybe oh wow. oh wow so i mean we were talking about um tennis the other day and one of my friends plays this thing called pickleball there's loads of like weird yes. variations of, of tennis there and there's That's so many bill old gates fun- favorite sport i think isn't is it? that right pickleball. well weirdly enough yeah. it's my friend bill bill gates let's <laughs> <laughs> chat to bill uh, but um are there any good like tennis facts because tennis tennis has been around for ages in all different forms of tennis have you got any kind of good like uh, racket based stuff in in the book i actually read the other day which i didn't realize but djokovic tries the court every time he plays at Wimbledon. By which, tries. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, he tastes it. And the thing oh, wow. about... So he, he did it for the first time, I think, when he beat Nadal for the first time in a Grand Slam final. And he said, um, I was just so emotional, I didn't know what to do, so I got down and I ate a bit of the grass. And he's done it ever since. And there was an interview <laughs> with the groundskeeper at Wimbledon this year or last year and the groundskeeper said I really hope he hates the taste of that grass because if there's too much glucose and sugars in it then that means that there's a bit of sap and that means it's going to be slippy for the players and then I'm in trouble so I really hope Djokovic every time said watch his face next time he's eating it make sure he grimaces that's amazing love that now obviously QI itself immensely successful um, over 20 or so years now isn't it I, I, I believe we have a feature on the show, uh, on the Hometime Show, called Mind Blown. Uh, it's not been going for anywhere near as long. Um, but it's the chance for our listeners to get in touch with us and tell us something that they do slightly differently to the rest of us that might blow our minds, or indeed a fact that they've heard that might blow their minds. Um, it would be lovely to be able to run a couple of things past you and just to see whether your bar is set as high as, as that of ours. Lovely. First of all, this came in last week. The nursery rhyme, this little piggy went to market. Yeah. This little piggy stayed at home. Do you know why the second pig stayed at home? Oh, what a great question. 
Uh, I've never heard this. We've we've come across a lot of like nursery rhyme theories in the past. Yeah, uh, like yeah. you know the plague and ring a ring of roses and stuff like that and Humpty Dumpty. And we tend to find that they're often not true. So even a tissue, a tissue all fall down. That's nothing to do with them. We think not. Like, no. oh, oh wow! I've gone and told loads of people that. Yeah, <laughs> I always used to. Well, that was gospel. Um, but, but actually, this is what we do often quite a lot: is we just talk about a subject to kind of use up time and try and think about and what the answer is. We're staying on until you guys answer. I've got no idea. I think no. it was COVID lockdown and the first little piggy was disobeying the rules and the second little piggy stayed at home. The first little piggy went to market. The second piggy stayed at home because it knew the one that was going to market was actually going to get slaughtered. Oh. Really? Wow, that's oh. bleak, isn't it? Yeah. Sentient pigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen them at Reading 93. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> And, and, you know, like if you hear a good fact when you're out and about, like, for example, just there from what, uh, from Richie, you know, said it from one of our listeners, do you make a little note and think, oh, that might be quite good when we get back? Do Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah. No, yeah. honestly, as soon as I get home now, I'll be Googling to check if that's true or not. <laughs> it's going to be debunked in the next book or series, I think. <laughs> well, if it is true, then it goes into my file of QI facts, for I love sure, that. Uh, which is many thousands of facts long. Uh, another one that came in on, on our feature, Mind Blown, we were talking about um, are chamois levers still a thing? And we were wondering where the origin of, of chamois comes from and mm. one of our listeners told us that there's a goat a chamois goat that is in the italian dolomite uh, mountains is that correct do you I know believe that? that is correct yeah, yeah the okay. chamois goat okay so we'll, we'll tick that one that's true <laughs> okay uh, one more that actually this this is also quite relevant to to, to bush's and everton fan it's a sports book obviously um arch enemy luis suarez <laughs> is, is it is it true that there's there's more inherent risk being around a shark or something than Lewis Shara's or what was what what's the fact there? Yeah, it Isn't was that you were more likely to be bitten by Luis Suarez if you played against him than by a shark if you swam in the water. Yeah. Really? Wow. Well, you would believe that shark attacks are... We, we talk about animals having good and bad PR. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sharks got quite bad PR. Maybe they don't really... They don't do that many attacks, but you seem to hear about them more. It's because of Jaws. Is it? It's because really of the movie? It really is. That film completely changed social attitudes towards sharks, and shark hunting um, was upped everywhere, like rules around it loosened. Which is mad, because the, the, the counterpoint to that is, is obviously rhinos going around killing people left, right and centre. Mm. If they get the opportunity, they'll do it. Yeah, and then yeah. you don't ever hear about rhino attacks, do you? Do you know what I mean? There's no rhino no. movie. Yeah. I think people... Or mosquito movie, which would be much less exciting, <laughs> <Yes>. but <laughs> true to life. Yeah, where is it? I can't quite see. I was just down there. <laughs> uh, so would you guys be, would you be good in pub quizzes? Like the pair of you, would you be like a ringer in a pub quiz? James is a, is a sort of pro quizzer, semi, semi-pro, amateur. Very much on the semi side, I think. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> Only in the quizzing uh, yeah. sense of the word. <laughs> I mean, like, the, I've got a few friends who, who are like pro quizzers and there's a oh, way yeah. of answering, there's like a way of quizzing, right? I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you know loads of stuff, but you've got a good way of interpreting a question and, and, and kind of getting into the mind of the person who put the question together. And what yeah, after. yeah, absolutely. So if you're a good quizzer, you're often quite good at setting quizzes and you set lots of quizzes and when people ask you a question you think well if I was asking a question like that what would I give us the answer and it's actually kind of similar on QI we're quite kind of writing QI scripts right now and we do a podcast No Such Thing as a Fish which is a comedy podcast and so now we can ask questions with kind of our comedy brains on and think when we ask this question what would we say as a funny answer you know Mm -hmm. and that kind of helps us with the QI writing as well yeah. Amazing. But wow. it is, we are quite annoying in pub quizzes, I would say, when um, they 
ask a question where we know the answer they want and it's not the right answer. So mm. because obviously QI is about debunking a lot of like long sort of myths. Oh, wow. Okay. If it's, and uh, it happens a lot. I would say it happens maybe once a pub quiz. There'll be a question where we're like, oh, it's not quite right and we have to say it and then, you know, we get removed. <laughs> you know, yeah, if it's out. something about women's periods synchronising or kids getting a high off eating too much sugar, we're straight in there and it's not popular. Well, it's assumed uh, correct knowledge, but it's actually incorrect. Absolutely, yeah. So like any woman will tell you, oh yeah, if you live with other women, then all your periods always synchronise. I'm, a f- they don't. But you can't convince people. And I think the same <laughs> as parents with children when they give them sugar, they refuse to believe that it doesn't make them incredibly hyperactive. Oh wow, well, I'll, I'll add that to the don't <laughs> stop telling people thing, like the, uh, <laughs> the tissue, a tissue, they all fall down rumour. Um, can you before we before we let you go, can you can confirm and give us a little bit more detail about the uh, the breast on the leg? Oh yeah. <laughs> I sure can. Um, It's got a name, but basically in your body you've actually got something called milk lines and men and women have them and it's where, it's sort of the lines that go down your body from your neck down to your hips where um, milk ducts have the potential to grow Yeah. and they tend to be only activated in women and where the actual breasts are. So that's usually where we lactate from. But sometimes you can get a milk line that's activated in a different, or a bit of the milk line that's activated in a different space just if your genetics have gone a bit weird and you'll have maybe a little nipple that's what a third nipple is is you know it's, just a, it's an unruly milk line it's an unruly milk <laughs> line unruly milk yeah line. and sometimes you get a full on breast on your buttock uh, wow if you're lucky wow, well wow, that'd wow. be the epitaph to this particular chat <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, what an amazing book though I mean people are going to love this stuff particularly like I imagine over Christmas where you're kind of trapped with uh, grandparents and aunties and uncles for uh, the you know a week or so this will be a great little uh, book to pull out and keep everyone entertained. So what other stuff can you promise people in the book then if they they buy it this Christmas? Oh, there's all sorts in here. If you're interested in sport or even if you're not interested in sport, there's loads of stuff about, you know, the Taiwanese um, tug-of-war team... Uh, about the first are you, German Are you trying to tell me to get me to tell my favourite fact in the book, which is too oh, gruesome really to ever tell? Go on, do tell it, it. Do oh, it. I've got to hear about the Taiwanese tug-of-war team. Guys, tug-of-war is the most dangerous sport, I reckon. Tug-of-war is so dangerous that there was a tug-of-war match in 1997 in Taiwan where not one but two people had their arms clean ripped off. Oh, my and Lord. And you can see the photos. There are little piggies so everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> People's and fingers get ripped off all the time. It, it's, don't participate in a mass tug of war game. Is that why it's a knockout got cancelled by ITV? <laughs> Similar kind of thing. Blimey. When you say you can see the photos, not in the book, I'm taking it. We They didn't let us put no. the photo oh. of the Sevedar in the book, no. Uh, well, it's been brilliant to have you guys on. Go buy the book, Everything to Play For. Uh, it's out right now. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I, I just would love to know as well, if you're listening to this, uh, our hometown listeners, are you imagining Anna and James in normal civilian clothing, or as actual elves <laughs> with their voices. Uh, Anna and James, the QI elves, thank you so much for talking to Home Time. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Brilliant, guys, that Lovely. was amazing. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Ho, ho, ho. It's Bush and Richie's Sound of the Season. Sound of the Season, a sound effect, the sound from the Christmas period that uh, we've managed to isolate. If you can guess what it is, you can win not one, not two, but three Absolute Radio Coffee Cups. Here Marks. is the sound of the season. Now, what is that the sound of? Just to clarify, what are they? Are they flasks, cups, mugs? Flasks. It's a coffee flask. I think if it's got a top on, it's a flask. I'm going to go with that rule for the rest of my life. <laughs> Here's the sound one more time. Guessing today is 
Young Rob. How are you, Rob? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? We're good. We're good. Have you had a good uh, week so far, Rob? Yeah, it's all good so far. All good so far. Okay. Have you done all your Christmas shopping and everything? You ready for Christmas? I have. I've done it all. He's a smug Rob. He's a very I smug am, Rob. Yeah. Wait, when did done you get done? Was it like, a few couple of weeks ago or just recently got it all sorted? No, yesterday. Yesterday the Amazon man came and delivered the last bit. <laughs> very proud of you. And are you having an office Christmas party or anything? Yeah, we've got it on Thursday night. Ooh. Oh, wow. Uh, well, look, you've had a great day. You're smug with all your shopping done, and it could be about to get better because uh, you are about to have a crack at the sound of the season. Uh, Rob, for three absolute radio coffee flasks. What is the sound of the season? I think it is a can of fake spray snow. Right, OK, let's have a listen one more time. I can see that. I can see where he's coming from. How sure are you, Rob? I heard it last week and I said to my wife, I said, I'm, I'm 100% sure. So I'm pretty, pretty adamant. You don't see it that <laughs> often these days, do you, the old uh, cans of fake snow? It was big big back in the day, but not so much anymore. One more listen. Oh, maybe it could be it. Could be a sound of Christmas yesteryear. It's the sound of the season, or is it? You're a loser and oh. you have lost... Sorry, Rob, you might be ticking all the other boxes with office party and Christmas sorted, but I'm afraid it's not right for the sound of the season. No worries. He's got to have something go wrong at the moment, hasn't he? He's yeah, living the life of Riley. Can't have it all yeah. his own way. <laughs> I'd like, Rob, uh, it rolls over now to four absolute radio coffee flasks that you could be winning when it returns tomorrow. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. So that's it, that's your Daily Takeaway. T- tomorrow, that's when our Christmas party is. So we've already established there's no DJ, so we're happy about that. Uh, one thing I don't know about, do you think there'll be seats? Because we were talking earlier about how, like, you know, we, we, we don't like noise and having to talk over, like, thumping beats and all that kind of stuff. The other thing, I, I want to sit down. I, I, I want to sit down. This is taking it to the next level. I feel like we might need to just uh, take a cyanide capsule to be done with it. <laughs> The, no- the noise t- is one thing, but sitting down, I feel bad. Do you do? You, you don't want to see? I do want to see, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening from the organising committee, he wants to see. I want to see. Give us a seat.